Thanks for listening to Deep Thoughts with the Dixons. Now, here are your hosts, Nina and Brian Dixon. Welcome back, everyone, to another brand new episode of our podcast. Uh, We have something interesting to talk about this week, actually. And I'm going to share with you exactly what has prompted us to do this um, episode because I don't want it to sound like a repeat of our other ones. And although it is on meditation, it is on meditation for two reasons, because we haven't hit on certain aspects of meditation in the past. I've gotten some feedback and, you know, people have relayed that I... I have mentioned that it's been backed by science, but I haven't really shared those facts and statistics, so I have some of that for you guys today. And also, we had two instances within a week apart of each other. The first one is actually with you, where you asked for some feedback from somebody. About? About the meditation thing, the guy from... Hong Kong, I think. Oh, yeah. Uh, so there's a, I think I've told this in a past episode, but there's a great guy that I met one time when I was in Hong Kong. And I was in a beautiful restaurant that like, over, it was on the top floor and had like an indoor outdoor section uh, in downtown Hong Kong and overlooked the bay and everything. And it was just a really amazing place. And I was in the restaurant and I struck up a conversation randomly with a guy, which is usually what I do everywhere that I am, because <laughs> I talk to pretty much everybody. But I struck up a conversation with the guy. Turns out he was a longtime worker at Range Rover, had retired and moved with his wife to Hong Kong. And um, I was asking him how retirement was going for him. And he's like, you know what? I, I freaking hate it. He's like, I'm so bored. I feel like I've lost like what I'm doing with myself. I don't know what to do next. And I kind of pulled him aside for a sec and I just got really inspired to tell him about kind of how I think about the world because I thought how he was, it seems like the challenges and issues that he was vocalizing to me were things that a lot of different people suffer from. And so I explained some of the different tactics that I use to really help with those things. And I told him and I basically gave him this five minute download of like how I think are the nature of our realities constructed, what I think about our universe, how I think consciousness operates, how you can create what you want. And, um, you know, what I told him that right now you probably left this role and you feel like now that you're retired, you've lost your identity and you don't know what to do next. And our ego-based selves are so attached to our identity. And we got really deep in this conversation to the point where the guy just broke down. He like broke down and actually started weeping. And I just gave him a big hug. And I was like, I love you, man. You know, we're all in this together. Everything's going to be fine. And then he asked me, what are some of the big things that could help me to try to even this next part of my life out. And I went really deep into being talking about how meditation was such a huge thing. And now I've consistently kept in contact with this guy and I followed him and he reaches out all the time telling me how helpful these techniques are that I've provided for him and, you know, become, became a friend that will talk every now and then. And most recently I was chatting with him just last week and I was like, you know, out of all the things we've talked about and you've listened to our podcast and you've read our book, what is it that you think is something that you need more teaching on. And uh, he goes, you guys talk about meditation a lot, but it's like sometimes I'll sit there and I'll close my eyes and I'll just start thinking about a million things and I just don't know what to do. And so that's kind of, it was some feedback we got just last week. And then I know Nina got some feedback as well from another one of our 
really great supporters about if we could walk through some more tactical steps in terms of like meditation, why it's helpful. She reached out and sent the sweetest message and it was more about us elaborating on the fact that there seems to be an assumption around meditation that there's a certain way that it has to be done and there's a certain technique to it and there's like a certain type of meditation. And I think it's because she recently was um, introduced to a, a new type of meditation for her with like focused attention and it's really helpful for her. And so she thought it would be helpful for everybody to learn about like there's more than one way and there's no right or wrong way to do it. So these two pieces of feedback that we received um, over the course of like a week randomly, we just figured that another episode on this would um, be better and a much more cohesive one. So first off, there is no right or wrong way to do a meditation. And I say that a tad bit loosely, though, and I'll explain why. Um, I, I think all of this stems from first knowing why you even want to meditate. What is meditation for? What does it help you achieve um, on a physical, on a mental, and on an emotional level? I think it's important to understand that meditation is not some mystical magic or like voodoo stuff. It's all backed by science and its relationship with our bodies and how it works. And also to understand that just like yoga or weightlifting or Pilates, whatever workout you're doing or running a marathon, you train for it, right? You do it consistently all the time and you improve upon it. Meditation is the exact same way. Nobody including myself or Brian, has meditated the first day and been able to just drop into it. It takes time and it takes practice. Um, so when I say there's no right or wrong way when it comes to your meditation practice, there's just three things that I would say that people should think about where I do think these things can help. Um, there is active meditation, like moving meditation, like going for a walk and letting your mind just focus in the present moment, in the park around you, in the sky, but I'm not talking about that kind of meditation. Here's what I think that people should keep in mind while I say that there's no right or wrong way. You have to do it every day for it to work. You have to make it a practice. It has to be consistent. You can do it sitting down or lying down. This is a question I've gotten a lot too. Like, do you lay down or do you like sit down? Um, I tend to lay down only because I'm not that great at yoga, so when I sit in like that Indian style pose with my back up, I need to have my back supported by something. And I tend to like want to just like slouch. And so for me, that's not conducive. Maybe next year I'll try to like do it in the sitting position. But with that being said, the proper ancient Vedic way of meditating is to sit in Indian style with no support on your back and a completely straight spine. There's a reason why you're supposed to have a straight spine like this, whether you're doing it laying down or yeah. whether you're doing it Indian style trying to sit up. And for people that maybe aren't flexible enough, but they just don't want to lay down and do it, there's nothing wrong as you're getting started to like get up close to a wall while you do it, right? And sit Indian style to try train to train yourself. your body mm -hmm. and train your flexibility over time. But eventually your goal should be able to be flexible enough where you can sit Indian style with a very straight back and your head shouldn't be like falling down. You even want to keep your head completely straight. And the reason that's so important is because your body has energy centers that align up throughout it. And ancient traditions are often called your chakra system, right? And when your chakra system is aligned, it allows you to have an energy flow throughout your body up and down. And when that's occurring, that's where you can reap the best benefits from meditation. 
Correct. And the third thing I would say to keep in mind is always make sure that you're in a quiet, peaceful environment where you're not disturbed. So you don't want to be around you know, any pets that you have. You don't want to be around your kids when you're meditating. You don't want to have your cell phone on. You don't want to be anywhere where it's like noisy or if there's any distractions that could potentially happen. One thing you just said about a cell phone. So some people use like Calm or these meditation apps. Sometimes we'll even use like YouTube and we'll put our phone off to the side. For me personally, like if my mind is running or I'm thinking about a lot of things, that stuff is very helpful to help calm if it's like a guided one or not. But I've experienced the best possible meditations is where you completely disconnect from your cell phone altogether because you're not around the Wi-Fi signals as much, the electromagnetic frequency, like put everything in a different room and do it in a room where there's no technology. And I think if you can get consistent with that, it allows you to be much calmer and calm down faster because a lot of stuff is coming from our cell phones that we don't see you know, in terms of uh, radio frequency waves and electromagnetics. There's all kinds of practices, um, all types of meditations. Um, there's like transcendental meditation. There's focused attention meditation, guided versus unguided. We're going to go into that. Well, I'll go through all of these now. Guided versus unguided meditation. The difference between these two is that one kind of talks you through it. So to be very specific, I'll throw on a YouTube video on my cell phone and put it on uh, do not disturb so no calls or texts come in between. And sometimes a guide, it kind of helps me drop into it and it kind of guides me through the meditation. Like it'll be a woman's voice or a male voice and he'll say now, you know, count your breath, you know, drop all thoughts, try to focus on nothing. Like they just guide you through the meditation. And there are days, there are mornings where I know I needed a, I need a guided one. Unguided doesn't have anybody speaking, just has certain beats or music or certain hertz what is it? Hertz of it's sound. sound. It's sound frequencies. And what the benefit of sound frequencies is, and there's all sorts of different types of Hertz levels like 432. And, um, you know, if you just, if you YouTube or Google that, these different sound frequencies can actually activate different things within your body and your brain down to the cellular level. So they can actually make you feel a certain way, whether your brain is in beta or theta states and help you with different types of meditation. It's also said that certain hertz um, levels in sound can heal and repair cells quickly or can help you remember things in your mind or manifest things at a, at a quicker rate. And that's all backed by science. Um, another type of meditation is calming or calming versus insight meditation. Calming meditations tend to like kind of bring your, you know, cortisol levels down. They tend to like calm you down. Whereas insightful ones will lead you to like maybe, I don't know, sometimes in life we're looking for answers. We're looking for clarity. And there are meditations based around that to help you find answers by getting quiet. And so they, they bring you insight. There's focused attention. Body scans are good ones. I did a body scan meditation for 30 days straight when I hurt my back recently and it just helps you, it, it grounds you. Body scan meditations ground you. So if you have any pain or any body issues or health issues, I would certainly recommend a body scan one. There's visualization ones. These ones I like when it comes to manifesting dreams. There's loving kindness. There's skillful compassion, resting awareness, mantra meditation. So in the Eastern countries, like such as India, Dubai, and all those countries over there, they're into mantra meditations. And mantra meditation is basically around 
you're saying one word that has these really high vibrational frequencies into the universe repetitively repetitively for a certain amount of time and it's supposed to like go out into the universe and like a boomerang bounce back so if it's a mantra on health or well-being or a mantra on money you're supposed to like say it out loud and just be be lost in just saying the mantra and I've tried it before I think it's for me personally I can only do it when I'm alone in the house I haven't been able to do it with somebody in the house because I feel goofy about it but those are extremely helpful um there's also transcendental meditation yoga meditation vipassana meditation chakra meditation and there's also sound baths my ultimate favorite are sound baths um it's not necessarily something that i do with my it helps my mind but i don't actively engage my mind i'm not trying to control my mind in this or my thoughts we did a sound bath almost two years ago here in St. Louis and I cannot I can't put it into words I think it's I think it's kind of expensive it's like a hundred and something dollars sometimes for an hour depending on where you go but you just lay down and they have these like deep sound bowls that they like play and it just like vibrates through and in and outside of your body it's like the coolest experience ever and when you walk up and get out of get out of there you feel like you're in a new body a new mind, a new brain, a new everything. Like you're just so invigorated in the most calm, peaceful, positive manner. I definitely, definitely suggest trying that out. Um, So we just went through like all different types of meditation. Going back to my point in trying to um, show you guys that there's no right or wrong way. And with this being said, I need your little input on this. I didn't do any research on this question, but maybe somebody listening would know. I did recently hear a guy named Sadhguru. He's this huge like spiritual leader out in the East. And he mentioned that the reason meditation doesn't work for most people is because they pick different ones all the time or they do it in a different way all the time. And what you're supposed to do is pick one meditation and do it for a very, very long like months or years and focus on that. And that's how it starts to give you like if it's health, if it's wealth or whatever it is. Here in the Western world, we're taught that meditation, you can pick whichever one you want to do by how you're feeling that day. So I don't know the answer to that. I have not done my research on that. I just thought of it while talking to you guys. But if there's somebody out there who has an answer to this, um, feel free to message me or Brian on Instagram. Um, I would love to know. Maybe this could be another topic some other day. But this is something that's very new to me. And when he said it, it like took me back because... Although I have tried certain meditations for 30 days, for 10 days, it says like, listen to this for 21 days for, you know, wealth. I have done that. And to be honest, it's shifted my mood, but I didn't really manifest the thing that it asked me to do. So maybe we all have it wrong here and he's onto something. I think it makes sense because when you're trying to manifest certain things in your life, whatever that is, it doesn't happen overnight, right? It takes consistent visualization and emotional uh, feelings to get on that frequency to, as if you already have that thing. And it takes a very long period of time for these things to happen. So that what he said really resonates with me, I think, because, you know, if you're doing, if you're picking a bunch of different types of meditations off of YouTube, as an example, and one's a guided meditation on abundance, and one's a guided meditation on releasing your fears from the past, and one's a guided meditation on something else, those are great. Don't get me wrong. You're still like calming your mind. You're putting yourself in the moment. But if you're using it as a tool to help manifest something in your life, it takes much longer, more consistent things, 
meditating on the same thing over and over and over again, giving you those feelings and frequencies to actually manifest that thing. So I think that makes a lot of sense. It does make sense, but nobody practices it that way here from the people that I know is what I'm trying to say. Like, why is it that we're doing it differently? If this is the, if this is true, if I'm going to go back on what I just said, if there's a right and wrong way to do meditation, then this guy just pointed it out to us, Mm -hmm. you know, but we'll talk about that later. So before we dive in, I wanted to also give for those people who might be new to our podcast, we could talk about what is meditation. Meditation is not about becoming a different person or a new person or even a better person. I think it's more about training in awareness and getting a healthy sense of perspective. I don't know where I picked this up on, but I heard this from somebody years and years ago. He goes, meditation changed my relationship, my view and my perception of my relationship with the world around me. Um, You're not trying to like turn off your mind or ignore the thoughts in your mind or force yourself to not think about the worries and stresses in your mind. You're actually learning to observe them without judgment, which then over time brings understanding as to why you have those thoughts. And eventually, you don't have those thoughts anymore. You have an empty mind going in and you have an empty mind coming out. And that's the goal. Um, What is mindfulness? Mindfulness is the ability to to be present, to rest in the here and now, fully engaged with whatever we're doing in the the moment. Mindfulness is an important thing. aspect of meditation because when you're meditating you want to be mindful so it takes practice and it takes time again but when you're meditating you don't want to be thinking about your laundry list of things that you have to do or how you have to get to work in like the next 30 minutes you simply want to be an example of mindfulness is try to think of the last time you were doing something that you were just so enwrapped in that time stopped you didn't look at your cell phone you didn't check instagram You weren't scrolling, you weren't on your computer, you weren't fidgeting, you weren't looking at the clock, you were just there doing what you were doing. And most most of the time it's things that we enjoy, like painting. For me, sometimes it can be cooking. Um, It could be taking a walk, playing with dogs. I think when when you take a dog to the dog park and you're playing like fetch with it, you get really in the moment and you become mindful and present. So anything that gets you present in something. Last night we saw a great movie called um, Dark Waters And for the first time in a long time, it was like two hours long. We were up to like 1 a.m. I felt that I was just in the movie. Like I wasn't scrolling on my phone. I wasn't thinking about what time it was and how like it's so late. I was just enwrapped in the movie completely. So that's being mindful. It's being very present. Um, Meditation is not something that you just pick up and do like throwing a ball you know it's a skill that you have to work on and perfect and I think that's a little thing that people don't understand and get frustrated with is because they attack meditation like it's like medicine that they can take and it's going to help them take all their shit away that's not true something that you said earlier that I think is really important is you said like when you're working out you're practicing right you're going and you're lifting weights or you're running and you're building up your endurance and your strength If you're somebody that's trying to get more intelligent in a certain space, what do you do? You probably consume as much material and watch as many videos on that particular subject matter. Studying for a test. Studying for a test. Um, When you're trying to master a craft, if you're an artist, right? You paint all day long or maybe you make music all the time. Meditation is something that allows you to practice how to master your emotions. In, in like emotional state with a lot of what you do. There's not many things out there we can do on a daily basis that cost absolutely nothing to help us master 
how we can create a calm and centered mindset and how we can master our emotions. And meditation is one way to go about that. It's a skill and it's like learning like it's it's like learning any other skill that you just mentioned. Um, it's like exercising a muscle. It takes consistent practice to get comfortable and it's easier if you have a teacher, like a guided meditation. Um, and I think it's also important for people to understand that it's a meditation practice, not a meditation perfect. And this is a good one to remind everyone of this again is that you don't just do one meditation for the first time and get it. You're probably confused. You know, you're like, this sucks or I'm just laying here or nothing happened for me. You know, it was a waste of my time. It's literally consistent practice. Like when you do yoga for the first time or you're like a ballerina doing dances, you can't do a split the first time. You know, it takes a lot of time. And I don't really have the words to explain to people like, you know, one time this this guy asked me, like, you know, what am I even looking for? Like, what what's the feeling or what is the sensation I'm looking for in a meditation? Like, I'm just laying here listening to this tape. And I had a difficult time explaining, but this is what I had said. I'm like, you're looking for being able to like almost like a resting awareness. Like you get so lost into it and into the, if it's a guided one, you're just guided. You're not thinking about the world and the life around you outside of this meditation. And what you just said is actually extremely challenging when you first start doing yeah, it. it and I mean, it may take you weeks and weeks before you're able to sit down for 20 or 30 minutes and try to sit there with your mind clear without thinking about work or thinking about your family or whatever it is. Like it's not an easy task to do this. So going into this, understand that if you do it for a couple days and you're and you walk away and you don't feel like you were very calm throughout it or able to attain a better level of calmness, that's okay. Just keep practicing, right? You don't go to the gym three times and all of a sudden you're strong. So like you have to implement this and consistency is the most important thing. Our mind can be like a very weird place. And I think going in accepting that and realizing that we all have faced those difficulties when we first started to meditate can help you keep going. You know, I actually used to think sometimes there are times where Brian could fall, could drop into a meditation quicker and deeper than I felt I did. And I would like Google some things and just be like, why, why am I still so restless? There were times that I would be restless sitting in a meditation. This is like two, three years ago. And it just takes time. Like I had to show up every day. He was showing up every day and I wasn't. And I just had to show up every single day. Where now it's like I can go a couple days without meditating and be fine and then the fifth day, I go in and I just drop right into it. Like I'm, I'm, able, I'm able to shut my mind off immediately. Something I noticed that's unique about it, and I, I have talked about this before with people that are very religious and have like a very strong religious practice and pray all the time, right? Like sometimes when you're praying, you're, you know, you're asking for things, you're asking for guidance, you're asking for assistance. I think meditation is a really interesting thing to add to that if you're already doing it because there's a really great quote and it escapes me who said it but I think it's incredibly true and it's that when you pray you speak to God right whether it's in your mind or whether you're saying things out loud or the universe whatever it is that you follow when you meditate God or the universe speaks to you and I think that's incredibly true because when you calm your mind and you quiet yourself I have had the most remarkable what I'll call information downloads and insights into different things about my life or different things about the world or different things about my relationships or challenges that I'd have that I got just from being still and quiet and allowing myself 
to attain that calmness and getting pushed information from it. It just helps with like a, it's like a cleaner, calmer, deeper understanding. If, if I could like sum it up in some words is how it feels. Um, you just get some answers after meditating for so long. And they're not the answers that you expect, by by the way. It's not like a yes or no. <laughs> it's not like, hey, go do this and do that. No, it's more of like a feeling of you're okay. You're okay with what is. It helps you be okay with things. Let's go into the benefits of meditation. Um, this is also uh, based on a feedback of somebody who listens to our podcast. And she had mentioned that um, we should probably share more scientific things and how it directly impacts us or benefits us. So when we sit down to meditate, most of us are looking after ourselves in ways that might not seem obvious at first to us, but the benefits are numerous and varied by and backed by science. So we may think we're doing it because we want to get rid of stress or we want to be more positive, you know, whatever it may be, or we want to be like more calming. We want to reduce the anxiety in our life. I want to have more peace of mind, whatever it is. It goes beyond all those things. Like I may sit down today to meditate and do it because I feel anxious about the week. It's Sunday afternoon here. And I'm already like I have a to-do list the size of like God knows what right now to be done before tomorrow. And so I may be sitting down to just be able to tackle the rest of my week with a calm, courageous mind. And the meditation will help me do that. But on the back end, scientifically, what it's probably doing for me is beyond and I don't we don't talk about those things we haven't shared that on our podcast yet so the first thing to know is all of these studies that um, I'm going to share with you and the benefits are based on repetitive meditations consistently which I mean every single day every single day no breaks so there were like 10 day studies there was 30 day studies there was 66 day studies there was five year studies done The key and the goal that everybody harps on is you got to do it every single day. So for mental health, the benefits of increased awareness, clarity, compassion, calmness, and improved focus is what meditation has done for people. Four weeks of consistent meditation can increase focus by 14%. Think about that for a second. I think focused attention is one of our biggest faults in society today all because of our lifestyle, Instagram, emails, to-do lists, people calling your office, people walking in your office, uh, your kids screaming for attention. Where and when do we ever get to just do something without being interrupted, even by our own mind? You know, what you just said is really interesting because I was watching a interview recently with uh, not Sadhguru, but a guy similar to him. And he was talking about attention and he was talking about like how if you want to get better at attention, you have to practice it. Because if you think about our society and our lifestyle today, what do we do for 14 to 15 hours every single day? We practice distraction and let's give it. We're like instigated is how I feel. Yeah. So we're instigated by different types of notifications that go off. So let's walk through a day as just a quick example. You get up, right? Maybe you check your phone. Maybe you get ready for work. Maybe you go to work. You're at work. You're getting emails. You're getting text messages. You're getting social media pings. You're getting distracted by people coming in and bothering you from what you're doing. You're having meetings. You know, you're, you're going home. You're watching TV. Like what, whatever your daily routine is, the amount of distractions that you have every day 
is creating a program in your subconscious and you are actually practicing lowering your attention span. So you are practicing distraction all day long in your waking life. If you want to get better at being focused and be better, be better at having clear attention, then you need to shift from practicing distraction seven days a week and start implementing longer periods of time where you're 100% focused. So go start off by reading a book for two hours and putting your phone away and turning it off. You know, or, or going for a walk, like whatever it is that's going to help you practice that you're having attention on, start practicing focus as opposed to spending your day practicing distraction. Agreed. Just a single session cuts mind wandering off by 22%. Researchers from John Hopkins University found general meditation programs helped ease psychological symptoms of depression, anxiety, and pain related to stress. I'm, by the way, I'm reading these statistics off from my iPad. Um, so it might sound like I'm, I'm reading because I really am. So the thing with this, what I just read is for me personally, um, I don't know if a lot of people deal with this, but if I, I'm not a big drinker. So if I do go out one night, you know, once a month or whatever it may be, and I tend to have a little too much the next day, sometimes I'm okay. But then like the second or third or fourth day, I kind of get this like, anxious feeling um and it only happens after i drink and so for me personally the very first thing that i have to do because i know this and now it's like second nature to me is that i meditate i meditated today i was out on friday was it so yesterday i was okay i went for a run outside it was gorgeous i was occupied i was occupied by taking care of brian mostly because he slept the day away but after that now like today i could feel it setting in a little bit so i meditated and i know that my monday and tuesday i'm gonna have to like definitely meditate because I don't know what it does. It just like messes with me and alcohol is known to mess with our neurological neurological systems for more of us than others. So I believe this for sure. And it's one of the reasons why I meditate. And then one of the other things too, I think to note is that I don't know if people pay attention to this, but when you start cleaning up the way you eat, like Nina and I, as an example, we've talked about this a lot. We both hundred percent plant-based and we eat very, very clean. And so when you do implement drinking on a rare occasion, it affects you like way more in terms of like how it makes you feel. Not, not, I'm not talking about like having a hangover by any means. I'm talking about like it, it tweaks like how you feel for multiple days because of how clean you actually yeah, it just eat. hits you different. I can't, and I'm not the only one. My friends feel the you same know? way that are plant-based. Brian for the, Brian was not plant-based this whole time. He just became plant-based two years ago and he could go out and party like days on end and be fine the next day and go to the gym and pump iron. But ever since he changed his diet, he's like on my level now, like he's down for the count and it, you're right. It just hits you on a physical, mental, emotional, spiritual level that I, that I didn't feel before when I was a vegetarian or before when you were eating meat. We also, the next day, don't go to brunch and like fill up on oily, heavy foods, you mm-hmm. know, because it's not part of our diet. And so it takes us a little bit longer to swing back. <laughs> um, but there was a study done for Google employees where they meditated for eight weeks and reported that 46% of them had a decrease in depression and 31% had a decrease in anxiety. Just eight weeks did that for everybody. Another study done for 30 days showed an incre- an 11% increase in mental resilience. I absolutely can uh, attest to this one too. The days that I do meditate, I have a much more, um, a, ba- like a, a better bounce back where 
anything can happen in my day and it doesn't like throw me off the handle. I don't, I don't react in a negative way. I don't let it get me down. I don't get shaken up or snappy easy, easily. It's actually very hard to shake me up on the days that I've, I've meditated. A 10-day study showed a 7.5% increase in satisfaction with life. And again, this goes back to my point with, I think meditation on a daily basis, daily basis, um, teaches you or shows you and gives you a deeper understanding of how you view or perceive the world to be and what your place is in the world. And it almost shows you like, nobody's out to get you. You're not on this like uphill battle. You know, these were all illusions. Life is okay. It's always ever moving and changing. Like you're just okay with everything. Physically, now those are all mental benefits that I had just shared with you. For the physical benefits, to appreciate these benefits of meditation, it's important to understand how chronic stress can weaken and wreak havoc on your body. I don't feel, I feel like these are words that are thrown around, like buzzwords a lot. Like, oh, stress, I'm so stressed, you know, my body's hurting and this is happening. I don't think that people really understand on a scientific level what stress is really doing to you, like actually doing to you. In, in addition to that, like I mentioned before around practicing distraction, we practice stress, right? Like, 100%. Like we, we choose to be stressed out because of things that we say yes or no to or things that we do that then add stress to us. So, I, and I noticed this in so many people especially as they work their way up the ladder in like a career field. Some people just have a very difficult time saying no to things. And so it adds so much on their plate that they become overwhelmed and they become stressed out. But nobody can relieve that stress except themselves. And so just like all day long, we practice distraction. We also practice stress. So meditation is a great way for you to shift that paradigm and say, let's practice being calm. Let's practice be like... Why would you want to manage stress, right? Like so many people say we've got stress management tactics. Why in the world would you want to manage stress? Why wouldn't you just delete stress in the first place? Yeah, you're right. I don't know. Was it Sadhguru who said that? He, I've heard him talk different things about managing I stress. I wish we yeah. could have him on this podcast. He'd be so one, fun to talk day. to. Um, he, I think it was him who said it because he said when he came to America, he goes, the one word I would always hear when I'd be walking around San Francisco is stress management. Stress management. I'm like, what is stress management? I don't manage stress. I just don't want the stress. Yeah, get rid of it in the first place. And you have to manage it. He makes a very good point. And he was just like, you didn't. You shouldn't have it. You know, don't, don't do things in life. Don't make choices in life. And don't say yes and no to things in life that you know are causing you some sort of inner battle or inner conflict because that is what causes stress. I know. It's like easier said than done, but he had a point. Stress stimulates the, and I might misspeak some words here, the sympathetic nervous system. And this causes a surge of natural, um, of stress hormones, specifically epinephrine and cortisol in the bloodstream, which can negatively affect the body. Too much of the adrenaline or epinephrine in your body can increase heart attacks and strokes. Too much of the cortisol increases blood sugar levels to spike. It de- it suppresses the immune system, and then it constricts your blood vessels. So when I said that we don't really know what stress does to us, like these are the physical things that actually happen to us. So, you know, people get to panic attacks, and all these things start to happen to you. Physically, your hormones and all the stuff regulating in your body get all out of whack. So eventually, chronic spikes in these hormones lead to an increase in blood pressure, increased heart rate, 
increased cholesterol levels. This just this then leads to disrupting your Im- immune system, your energy levels are low, and your sleep is terrible. All of these affect your physical health. When the body and the mind are relaxed, though, through regular and consistent meditative practices, the parasympathetic nervous system is stimulated. So earlier I said the sympathetic nervous system is stimulated by stress. But when your mind and body is relaxed through meditation, the parasympathetic nervous system is stimulated. And this causes the body to stop releasing stress hormones. So one of the key learnings with building a solid meditative practice is learning to master or learn to condition their bodies to relax on demand, which can manage the stress more efficiently. I'll say that in like simpler terms. The whole point of meditating and people who are really good at meditating are able to turn their parasympathetic nervous system on, which doesn't let your hormones get out of whack and you can calm your mind and body immediately through meditation. This completely, you know, skirts all of those physical issues that I had mentioned a couple minutes ago. 10 days of meditation, 12% decrease in stress, people reported. 30 days of meditation, um, their stress was down by a third. This is on their physical body. So why is stress so important? Like, why is this the only like word being thrown around? It's because when this is lowered, your blood pressure, your heart rate, and your oxygen consumption is also lowered. I never thought about oxygen consumption until I read this. All of this stuff, excuse me, leads to higher energy levels, better immune system, and better sleep, lower cortisol and epinephrine levels. And and all of this being low in your body diminishes the chances of you having serious health conditions in the future or in the current state. And here's an example, very good example. Take inflammation, for example. This is linked to stroke, heart disease, cancer, diabetes, and other serious illnesses. Brian and I talk about inflammation a lot and how our diet and um, food and workouts lead to either an inflammated body or a not inflammated body. (laughs) I don't think that's proper English there. (laughs) But like we tend to eat plant-based, no oils, no like unhealthy fats. We try not, I mean, try not to drink alcohol. There's too much. All of these things help to keep the inflammation down. I drink celery juice or cabbage juice every single morning which has helped me to get off Zyrtec and Claritin because I had used to have terrible allergies my entire life. So inflammation is very much decreased through your diet. But I think that to take it to the next level, it's not one or the other, it's both. Diet and meditation can help decrease the inflammation in your body. According to a Harvard study, meditation can dampen the genes involved in the inflammatory response but also promotes the genes associated with DNA stability. Meaning that if you have like cancer or heart attack or stroke in your in your family and your genes and they could be activated by a bad diet, if you clean up your diet and meditate consistently for years on end, you can actually, according to Harvard, manipulate that gene in your body to not turn on. You could like take away its power basically by meditating. Just because you're always calm, you're keeping all your stress levels down, your blood sugar level down, your heart rate down, your hormones are lowered. All that plays a part in this. When those are spiked, everything spikes. So that's the whole goal with this. Now, those are the benefits of meditation on your physical health. The third thing is the benefits of meditation on your emotional health. The brain is a part of the body and where meditation can really work its magic, I feel. You can immediately feel the effects on your mental health and emotional health. 
physical, I think you have to like learn a little bit about it. Um, we are more better able to deal with emotions when we meditate on a daily basis. Something else that and maybe you're going to get to this and I'm doing this prematurely. Probably. <laughs> But uh, sorry, I was quiet there for a second, guys. I was meditating. Uh, <laughs> I like to meditate mid-podcast. Um, something, too, that's an important point, and I don't think we've touched on this yet, is the best time to meditate is before you've eaten anything. Don't ever eat a meal and then go try to meditate like on a full stomach. I love those meditations because then I'm just like in like, sleep coma and I'm like, Dude, Yeah, then you out. fall asleep. <laughs> but uh, this is actually scientific too that, um, you know, we always recommend first thing in the morning when you wake up to do it and do it on a completely empty stomach and usually hours and hours and hours after you've had your last meal because that's when you're going to be able to reach a better level of calming your mind and everything a lot quicker and you're not going to be you know, just like full trying to meditate. Like if you know, you ever go out and you have like a heavy lunch and go back to the office and all of a sudden the next couple hours, you're like all, your brain's not working no, as dude, good. I you're don't lethargic. know that. It's because people choose to eat like shitty lunches and go to Wendy's drive through or go to the nastiest restaurant and get fries for lunch. I would literally drink a green juice for lunch when I had my previous Un- Understood, job. but there's not everybody does that. So I'm just saying from a, medi- from, <laughs> from a meditation perspective, my recommendation is always do it on an empty stomach. And I always do it first thing in the morning. Um, sometimes I'll meditate in the evening, but it's usually like five hours after the last meal that I ate. But usually it's first thing in the morning. Back to our regular scheduled programming on the benefits of meditation on emotional health before I was rudely interrupted about when to meditate. <laughs> Listen, guys, this is about giving you practical tips <laughs> and tricks, tips and tricks to get in here. And sometimes I get information downloads <laughs> mid-podcast and I got to share them with you. So like it or not, they're coming. All right. So the benefits on your emotional health are you can steer your emotions in the direction that you want and you are less reactive to negative emotions. Basically, you're not the same <clears throat> as your emotions. Don't Sorry, that was information now. <laughs> okay, we're back. We're the back. studies. Three weeks of constant meditation led to 57% of a decrease in aggression and reactivity. Like I just mentioned, you're you're not just like at the beckoning call of your emotions. You know, you don't just like react to every negative thing. 10 days of constant meditation led to 27% decrease in irritability. A 16% increase in positive emotions and a 21% increase in compassion. Now, we're off of the benefits of meditation finally. How to start meditating this is like a practical i'm going to run through it and then i'm going to share with you guys where you can go online to a website and read exactly where i pulled this from this is basically for the guy that you were talking to in hong kong he said how do you meditate i struggled with the idea of doing a podcast episode about this or recording a video because i did share with brian that i think that it's easier to show people how to meditate as opposed to just talking about it through a podcast which is all um audio based but how to start meditating. These are just practical steps. Step one is you decide on a time and place that works for you. So you want to think to yourself, same time, same place every day. You don't have to overthink this. It's like something that you make commit to and then you just show up for it every single day at the same time and same place every day. Step two, decide on an amount of time to meditate. I personally think 20 to 25 minutes is a good place to start and that may or may not seem like a long time for people i i feel as though five minutes and ten minutes if it doesn't do anything like it doesn't help you drop there 
So I think that for people that are just... I didn't ask you for your opinion. (laughs) Well, guess what? You're about to get it. You're going to get it good. All right. Um, So before we even jump, I think, all the way into doing a 20-25, because I agree. I think that's a good... If you could wake up every morning and do 20 to 30 minutes, that's awesome. Some people that have maybe tried it before and failed so they never came back or maybe some people that have never tried it. What I would recommend doing to lead yourself into getting in a practice is trying to do for like, you know, 60 seconds to two minutes of just very deep breathing before you try to start your meditation. Because a lot of times what people say is they'll get into it and they can't calm their mind. But scientifically, if you breathe in as deep as you can through your nose and exhale as deep as you can through your mouth, and you do that six to eight times, you're automatically going to feel a dramatic uh, improvement in how calm your mind becomes, and then start your meditation from there. For you know, and you can do that for however long your your twenty minute thing. But I think sometimes the level of breathing that you do to help segue you into doing it will really help increase your chances of success in the early days. Step three is to make sure you're comfortable. Now, of course, I mentioned earlier that sitting is the optimal way to do it, but you can lie down. All you have to do is make sure that your spine is straight, whether you're sitting or lying down. That's the most important part of this. And you can use a towel at like the, your lower back to help you. You can use a yoga mat. You can use a, what are those cushions? They actually make meditating cushions too on Amazon that are pretty cheap to buy. So make sure you're comfortable. And then step four is to decide If you want your meditation to be guided or unguided, I do think this is important because I I don't think people need to go the route that I went. I think to help people be consistent and to get the most out of meditation, you should stick to one style as opposed to guided or unguided. I'm not saying don't do different types of meditation, do them. But even those meditations have guided versions and unguided versions. It's like a, a larger category. And so... Stick to one of those for like 30 days or whatever you choose to allocate um, to your practice and then decide when you want to move over to like the other one. How to do a meditation. You want to start with your eyes closed, start at the top of your head and mentally scan all the way down your body. As you scan, notice which parts feel relaxed or tense, comfortable or uncomfortable light or heavy. Perform the scan again and again. Each scan should take about 20 seconds and use these observations to build a mental picture of how your body feels right now in the present moment. When thoughts arise, simply return to the area of the body where you last left off. Once you've practiced this technique and start feeling comfortable with it, try this more in-depth body scan meditation found on YouTube, Headspace, or Calm. That was just a simple step that I just uh, went through to help people get started. And sometimes I have done this before I even started meditating and then I'll put like something on because it kind of helps me ground myself into it. Like you said, sometimes you can take six to eight deep breaths in and out. It grounds you and then you go into your meditation. It's just helpful. Now, the next thing that I had on my list to talk about is I think I've harped on this point like a thousand times in the last hour. But I guess we're ready for a thousand and one. This has to be <laughs> a commitment and this has to be a habit. How are you going to create a habit out of this and make sure that you actually get what you're trying to get out of your meditation? I know that there's a lot of numbers thrown out there. 21 days, you know, three weeks. It takes 60 days to build a habit. It takes 30 days. To, there's so much out there. 
But because of our society today and all the distractions we have and our attention span and focus is really, really short for the most of us, this time is actually really long. It's like 66 days to create a habit. So I would at least try to start there. You know that for 66 days, I'm going to, lost my place here. I am definitely going to go to the same place at the same time every day to meditate for X amount of minutes. I'm going to sit comfortably and I'm going to do a guided one or an unguided one for 66 days. So I just took you through an example of one. And while you're doing this, before you start your practice, you always want to rem- you want to rem- remind yourself that this is not about how long this is going to take you to turn into a habit. That's not what meditation is really about. You just want to focus on doing the work and showing up every day. But in the back of your mind, remember that this will take time to turn into a habit. And once it does become a habit, after your 66 days and you're just showing up all the time for it just because you're doing it out of habit on autopilot, one day it's going to click. Probably before the 66-day mark where you wake out, you come out of your meditation, you're like, whoa, like something shifted in me. Now I know the feeling that I'm looking for every time I go on my meditation. Now I know what everyone's talking about. You're going to know the feeling and you won't question it. But we're all human and we do have a tough time creating habits sometimes. You know, we all make promises to ourselves. We're going to do X, Y, Z for 20 days and do this and we fall off the wagon. But here are some quick, really, really quick tips to help you create meditation as a habit. Specific time and place. When you make that commitment and put it on your calendar, just like brushing your teeth, then you're going to show up and do it. Put it on your calendar in your mornings as like a recurring thing. So when you're right getting out of your shower, it like dings you to go do your meditation. Be realistic among the time that you pick to meditate right from the start. Like when you're first getting into this, be very realistic. 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, or is it just three minutes? Whatever. Use habit anchors. So habit anchors are like... How do I explain what? Let me let me find something here for you guys. A habit anchor is, I read it earlier and it was a really, really good thing. Okay, here it is. Habit anchors help people develop habits more quicker. Whereas in like when you're coming out of the shower, your thing starts dinging, right? And your alarm goes off to go meditate. And you while you're walking down from your bathroom to your meditation room or wherever, You could say, I'm going to take three deep breaths in and out. I'm going to drop right into my meditation. So it's like an anchoring habit that after I do my three deep breaths, I absolutely go meditate. Or after I shower and my alarm goes off, I get to go meditate. Like use some sort of like ticking thing that helps you ground right into it and forces your body to go on autopilot that when we, when I'm doing these breaths or when I take a shower, it's meditation time. And then make sure you're comfortable when you're sitting. And in the beginning, I would suggest using a guided meditation, but I do know of some people who have felt that the guided ones were distracting. Um, And I think that they'd be more advanced because I feel like for me, guided helped me. Um, And then also right now in this moment, accept that you may not be able to drop into your meditation and you might not come out feeling the best or know what you're looking for, what you're feeling for. But if you consistently do it and make it a habit and show up for yourself, ultimately, just like anything in life and any skill in life, you will come to master this too. One of my favorite places to do it at, and if your environment allows for it, depending on if you're like in a busy city or not, is 
to try to do it outside with, when the weather's nice and it's warmer. Like if you get up first thing and you can go and sit outside for 10 to 20 minutes and just, you know, be much more calm out there away from your cell phone or electronics or all the other frequencies that are flying through your household. Uh, I noticed for me that I can get into a really deep meditation very quickly if I'm like out in nature. And uh, I don't mean like go walk in the middle of the woods, although that could be great also, I'm sure. I mean like walk outside and sit on your deck or your patio or your back porch or whatever it is and just do it like that for a good 10 to 20 minutes when the weather's nice. And you'll get, you just get a lot of benefits from that also. So for books, I did have some books pulled up, but I think I'm just going to link them in our show notes for you guys. Their authors are very, um, very hard names to like uh, dictate, but I'll just, I'll link the books in, in the show notes. And if you Googled, you know, books on meditation or how to meditate, there's just so much information out there. You don't necessarily have to go purchase a book or an audiobook. You can just download PDFs for free. Um, another resource that I like to share with you guys is headspace.com. If you go on Headspace, they have tons and tons of self-written blogs and articles on how to meditate, what is meditation, which meditation to try. They explain like 16 different types of meditations. It is such a, such a great resource for people trying to learn more about meditation. Another place you can go to is Calm, the Calm app. And another place if you want to start meditating and you want to watch somebody doing it on a on a video with you and someone to guide you with it and you can like watch this person do it, it would be the Melissa Woodhealth um, website. This woman incorporates yoga, Pilates, and meditation into her workouts, but then she has like a separate library of just meditations. And it's a video of her you know, meditating with you and guiding you through a meditation on how to feel, on how to be, on how to relax your body. And they're very quick too. They're not long at all. Most of them are under 20, under 10 minutes. And they're just so, one, it's motivating because she's doing it with you and you can see her. You're like, it's a, it's a video on her website. And two, she has one of the most calming voices that I have come across. Um, you know, for me, the spaz, I like need that <laughs> like big time. Um, and for quotes, I don't know, but I'm about to pick one. Well, I think the quote we said earlier actually speaks to it really well. No. It does. No, what is shut, it? <laughs> shut it up over there. Just shut it up. Okay, repeat it for everyone. Uh, it's different people have said this quote in a lot of different ways. Um, but the quote is, when you pray, you speak to God. When you meditate, God speaks to you. And I think that's really powerful and true because it's when you're quiet and you're able to master meditation and kind of just understand what it's like to be there with total peace and calm of mind, you will get insights and information downloads that you would never imagine. And I think it's super valuable. That's all we have for you guys today. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope the two people who we uh, recorded this podcast for find some value in it. Absolutely. Um, there is no right or wrong way. Um, just make sure you guys give it a shot. I know that meditation still has its weird... Um, vibes around it like you know it's, it's not a, it's not a worldwide it's not a like mainstream thing yet i don't feel yeah. Pe- people still look at me funny sometimes and i it, i noticed that too and I, I really don't know that i feel like the deeper people follow with a religious practice they i've noticed that there some of them will still consider it kind of a woo-woo thing you know it's not like something that's as mainstream but and the it's science not a religious but it's, thing. it's way more ancient of a practice than almost in than most things right and it's also there's so much data and science behind it. I just don't understand why more people don't actually implement it on a daily basis. And I think one excuse a lot of people use is I tried it and it didn't work. So I gave up. 
I don't have the time to do it, um, which I disagree with. Like my schedule is incredibly busy and I still do it every single day and I make it, it uh, but you mentioned putting it on your calendar. That's like a super big thing. If you just schedule it in for 15 or 20 minutes every day, force yourself to do it. Like, and, like, I, and you, I'll you hear almost, people too. You almost take the emotion out of it and the overthinking. Yeah. That was how you, that's how you develop a habit is that you take, the, take away the overthinking and emotions and like the, oh, it's work for me in the morning that I have to do. No, take that out, put it on your calendar and just do it. Yeah. And I think it's funny too, when you'll hear people, it'll be like, I, I've tried it. It didn't work for me. I, I just don't really have the time to do it yet. They'll have time to watch like an hour of TV in the evening. And it's like, come on, just shift your priorities. If, if you're still not sold on the whole meditation, think of it this way. If you meditate for whatever, how many minutes you commit to every single morning, you're actually going to be a much more productive and successful human being throughout that day. Yeah. Your product, your productivity and concentration goes through the roof once you really start getting it down. Yeah. But uh, Guys, that's all. We have for Thank you, you so much. We really appreciate it. Hopefully everyone out there that was struggling with meditation had got some good tips and tactics out of this that can be helpful for them. You know, as always, we love your feedback. Please feel free to rate us on whatever podcast platform that is that you listen on. And uh, we're grateful for you joining us and we will see you next time. Thanks.